0: Let Eurovision Queens begin!
1: Up, up, up,
0: up, up. Welcome to Eurovision Queens!
2: A podcast exploring and celebrating the glory that is the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Andy. And I would have moved heaven and earth to record this pod. Or, if I was in the Netherlands, I would say Hevel and Ard.
0: And I'm Ryan, a Eurovision newcomer who's still in love with you. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, are we just referring to the song? <laughs>
2: They're both. <laughs> I'll take that. Yes. So this is our second episode in our new format. We changed the categories up a bit last time, didn't we?
0: We unlocked our time locked songs, which was good, and we've changed the parameters of those slightly. It basically means that we have more songs from recent Eurovision history,
2: Mm. because we just wanted to play so many. And it was just like we were scratching around in the archives, and actually there was so much good stuff that we wanted to play that was... Was, yeah, And we've made it
0: dynamic so that it will always move after every Eurovision yeah, we've year. we've
2: got a rolling year system yeah. now. I'm sure you're all fascinated. <laughs> <by it. laughs>
0: we've really made this complicated for ourselves. Yeah,
2: <laughs> It's probably worth mentioning that as you listen to this, we're probably a little bit worse for wear, having spent three weekends in <laughs> Stockholm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've
0: talked about before how we loved Secret Garden... Yeah, the club that's in Gamla Stan. Yeah, and we will have been to the Melody Festival in final. We
2: will. Where
0: we should hopefully see Laureen. Yes, she should have taken the victory, honestly.
2: If she doesn't, I don't know what sort of evening that would be. That would (laughs) be insane. But, um, I mean, we've got high hopes for Eurovision, you know, total glory. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I stumbled over
0: my words. I was too excited about the possibility. (laughs) Or the, just the, the possibility that it might not win. Just, I know. Let's not contemplate. No no, no, no,
2: no, no, We love it too much already. Yes. But enough of this chitter chatter. It's time to get on with the show. We've got serious business ahead of us. And so much to say about the artists and the songs in this episode. This is a barnstormer. There's so much to say. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, the structure of the podcast. Each episode, we aim to play seven Eurovision songs based on seven different categories. What are the first three, Ryan?
0: The first three are from different periods in Eurovision history. We start with a song from the last five years, then a song from five to 15 years. So in this case, it'll be 2008 to 2017. And thirdly, one from the archives. So anything pre-2008. But these, as we said before, will be rolling. So from May, they'll all move back a year. Gosh, it's
2: complicated, isn't it?
0: But well mm. done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you listen to how we explained it last week, to how
2: we've got it now. Okay, yeah. we've got it down now. <laughs> I'm glad I got the easier bit. The second three will be a UK entry, a song that failed to make it past the semi finals, and. Our
0: favourite, the Juice Award for an act that never got to Eurovision but should have done. And then we hand over to our good friend, the randomizer, who is the chaos monkey of all chaos monkeys. Yes. And will give us something completely bonkers. Yeah, last time it was a, a weird religious ballad in Hebrew, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, but it fit in with our theme.
2: Of entrepreneurship.
0: Yes. Yeah, so it, So it, sometimes yeah. they're on our side. But without us realising why.
2: I think it's one of the things I like the most about this podcast is we just don't know what the songs that we choose and the artists who perform them, what they're going to throw at us to make the coherent whole of the episode. (laughs) It's one of my favourite things. Yeah, very good. So if you're on board with this format, it's time for that familiar anthem. So the first category is from the last five years the song is saudad saudad by Mauro
0: from Portugal in 2022.
3: I resta uma só palavra.
2: Okay, so that was Saudad, so so or Saudade, so Saudade. So I wasn't sure how mm-hmm. to say it now I've seen the performance. A song recorded by Portuguese singer Maro for Eurovision in 2022.
0: I love that song so much. Do you? Yeah, I just, I love the stripped downness of it and the intimacy of it. And it, there's just something about it that's just so magical. And it just, it's so sort of alien, I guess, on a Eurovision stage for a song like that to be so... I don't want to say simplistic because it feels a bit offensive to say it's simplistic because it's so rich and layered and detailed. But just having them standing in a circle facing each other, Hmm. singing, just makes it so intimate, but not empty or not out of place. Yeah, the song's actually about her grandfather. And what
2: Sordad means in Portuguese is important to bring to the table. Okay, So in... Portuguese. Sordad is an emotional state of melancholic or profoundly nostalgic longing for a beloved yet absent something or someone. What a brilliant word. <laughs> so it's about nostalgia, it's about loss, it's about sadness, but also a, a recollection of, of feelings and experiences. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is a beautiful concept, isn't it? Yeah. And that that feeling and that truth comes through the
0: song, I think. Absolutely. Because you don't need to know that to kind of have that sort of coziness to it yeah and you can you can tell from she is stood like in the center mm. and and everyone stood sort of in a circle out from her so she's included in the circle the other backing vocalists but the way that they're all just locking eyes with one another constantly and and it's almost like they're checking in with each other the whole time and just giving yeah. each other like support a hug with their eyes yeah. almost and that connection. yeah and
2: it's kind of like a singing group therapy session it's, yeah isn't it it's how they're facing each other. It's so unusual. And what a brave choice not to face the audience, but to face each other. Mm. But it's like you're, you're invited to see their intimacy and to enjoy their connection and their friendship.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And that comes across
2: so obviously as well. Yeah. And then you've got the joy of having the audience with their iPhone torches out, mm. making it feel so much more special mm. and beautiful in a way that, you know, I bet in her wildest dreams she couldn't imagine it being that special, ultimately. Mm. Gosh, we like this, don't we? Mm. I loved all the sort of, it started to get a bit like all the hand clapping and the way that they move just felt really natural and true as well. But the fact that she smiled all the time, very few people smile when they sing, but that was just a natural thing. And she was also checking out the audience to see whether they were with her and whether they were enjoying it too. Mm. And that was just a beautiful thing to behold.
0: Mm, absolutely.
2: I do want to talk about her outfit, obviously, because I want to <laughs> do. She's in a kind of mauve judo outfit, which is kind of odd. It's like with the sort of braided bit at the front.
0: Mm. It's and, sort of loungewear. Yeah. Like silky loungewear, and it's got a bit of a tie dye pattern in it as well. Yes, it is tie dye. It goes mauve to the white. But um, she's also got that French braid or French plait or whatever you call
2: it. But she looks like she could do some judo. She'd be ready for, to do some if she needed to. Mm. But she doesn't need to because everyone's with her. Everyone loves it. Do you know what position it came in the final?
0: I, I have no idea, no. I feel like it, maybe between five and ten. Do you want to choose one? Because you might just be right. Seven? No, it was ninth. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> Which I think is what you were going towards in your yeah. head. Yeah. Yeah. This was sung third on the night. So, you know, that's not a great position to sing from. Yeah. You're gonna have forgotten it. So I think to have come ninth is really good given that poor position in the running order.
0: I think if it had have come in a point where it could have had that where it got the show going and then it would have been a nice little palate cleanser between all the crazy if it was like around ten or something like yeah. that. And it would have just been that moment to sort of catch your breath. And really enjoy things, yeah. But in yeah, I guess when it was third, people were just getting into the show, and getting then into the evening, yeah, yeah, and then it, that came. Not to say that the audience didn't seem to absolutely love it because they were completely behind it, oh, weren't they? Absolutely, totally.
2: It did well in the Portuguese charts after the contest. Um, she is a successful Portuguese singer and songwriter, and she yeah, she's she's successful in Portugal, but hasn't gone much beyond that. I think, though, she lives in America now. So, yes, she's left Portugal behind. But it's one of my favourite Portuguese entries. I know you hate the one that won that year. Um
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> Salvador Sobral. But I always found that okay. I didn't want it to win. But this is... I'm trying to think of good Portuguese entries. There, there, there aren't that many. So this is a very strong one. It must be up there as one of the very best. mm so we're moving on to our second category which is from five to 15 years ago 2008 to 2017 we're going back about halfway through to 2013 and a song that represented Finland who have we got we've got Krista Siegfried's with marry me oh.
0: So that was Marry Me by Krista Siegfried.
2: Now, I know that back in the day that you loved this. You were at a Eurovision party. So we
0: hosted a Eurovision party. Oh, did you? We went all out. We had little postcards for each artist. We wrote down like loads of notes and we all pretended to be a country. We weren't actually countries, but we all had like voting powers of a country. And my friend Tim had an Excel spreadsheet that we still talk about to this day. <laughs> it's a famous spreadsheet that had a like with the leaderboard sort of thing. And we all voted and this came easily came top. Yeah. This was top of the room. And then the wheels fell off. We're, like We were like, yeah, this is going to win easy. And then it didn't win i don't think it even did very well and we were like wow bloody eurovision don't know what's going on but this in the room this was an absolute winner it's a complete celebration of everything and we bloody loved it so now i'm gonna just be totally patronizing and mean
2: and I remember the first time we talked about Eurovision, one of the things you talked about was Marry Me. Because you remembered this song. And you talked about, oh, well, we had a Eurovision party and we yeah. all thought it was going to win. And I just remember looking down my nose at you and saying, thinking to myself, poor idiot, that was never going to win. And being really sort of like superior about the fact that when we had a Eurovision party on that night, we were convinced it would be mid-table at best. Yeah. But that's because I think we just, we'd gathered so much Eurovision knowledge that we just felt... Oh, it's just kind of what the British people vote for in Eurovision. And I bet there's British people all over the country who are going to say, oh, yeah, it's going to be the winner. Sorry, I'm being so horrible, aren't I?
0: You yeah. are a bit. <laughs>
2: but it's it kind of had sort of elements of scoochy vibes to it. It was kind of very Euro poppy sort of Eurovision's a bit of a joke sort of feel to it that I knew wouldn't go down well with the Eurovision audience.
0: Well, I think it's more of what Katy Perry was doing at the time. So yes. really it's more... So everyone was used to Katy Perry. Yeah. So this was just like, oh, well, they're just trying to do that thing and not doing something their own. But that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy it. No. And I enjoy it now. I honestly can't tell you, like, (laughs) what won that year?
2: Oh, well, what year is it? Um, 13. So that was the year that only Teardrops won Emily DeForest, which for me was the obvious winner. Okay. Fair (laughs) enough. But still... (laughs) Sorry, I'm feeling guilty because I feel like I've been really mean to you, but I just remember thinking that.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. No, I (laughs) I remember when we had a Eurovision night and we, like, when we just get drunk and watch Eurovision videos. Yeah. That I was like, well, no, I think you wanted to put this on too. And and you were like, oh, no, this was better than I remember it being. Yes, it was. Yeah. But I guess when you're comparing it to the to the night and things, but then after your revision finished, you take your own songs away from it, don't you? Yeah, absolutely do. Yeah, it, it's just funny. Um, what position do you think it came on the night? Oh,
2: like 14th, maybe? I think it was lower than that. I'm going to have to check. So in the final, it finished 24th out of 26. Oh, so yeah. Was, so it was really hated. It only got 13 points. For that to get 13 points, that's a travesty. I mean, I thought it would be mid. I thought it would be like... 12, 13, 14, something like that. But to be 24th, they hated it. I mean, I wonder, is this anything like an anti-LGBT? Yeah, I'm
0: going to say it was ahead of its time in terms of what it was doing. Because for people that can't recall, she's obviously in a a wedding dress because it's called Marry Me. Yeah. And then she's got three backing dancers yeah. who start as sort of like, they've got like masquerade masks on, haven't they? Hmm. And they've, they've all got mustaches. You think that they're men, but actually you, well, we just clocked, actually they're drag kings yeah which is massively ahead of its time so
2: ahead of its time i mean even like just two or three years ago i was kind of thinking what's that yeah so for this to be you know 10 years ago
0: but throughout the song they then they have a reveal and turn into bridesmaids and there's two additional singers who are dressed up as like 1940s americana waitresses yeah. in red um they've got heart-shaped aprons on yes but they're in lure and um, what's it what's the Lycra. rubber, rubber are on there was it latex latex yes And there's, like, Las Vegas graphics in the background. Mm. So it all kind of ties in together. Oh, it totally does. And then it ends with her marrying one of the backing singers. Yeah, and kissing it. And then, you know, yeah, Yeah. yeah, a a same-sex kiss, which I guess at the time people would have thought, oh, this is a bit forced or whatever. But actually, you know, it's representation that we all need to see. And I'm sure China probably turned it off or something or... Cut to a commercial or something. Well,
2: it was politically significant in Finland, let me tell you, because it was deliberately included in the show because it was about the time that Finland was choosing whether to legalise same-sex marriage. Oh, wow.
0: Okay. So So hugely
2: important, really. Yeah. And in fact, you were saying about other countries, Turkey announced it wouldn't participate in the November and, and the Turkish TV company also chose not to show it. And it was because of reactions to the lesbian kiss. That they knew were going to happen, which just wow. shows that Tur- Turkey should just go up and fucking get into the current century and just <laughs> fucking hell. Yes. And then China broadcast it and they... But they removed the kiss. Yeah. And I think... Was that the there was at that it time was or the, another time? It, it was well. the Irish. Yeah, it was the Irish one, couple, wasn't the, it? That so I think they weren't told off for that at that time, but yeah. the next time they're like, right, right, you can't have Eurovision anymore.
0: Yeah, well, it would. I guess it would have been less of a, a serious issue back then, but mm. now it's like you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't ignore these things. Yeah, or you can't cherry pick what you want out of it. So what is it called, the Finnish national
2: final? It's actually tonight in, in, in the time that we record.
0: What's oh, that's not the one that I... What do I call it? I can't remember what I call it. You call it <laughs> Uden Udnmusikulun.
2: <laughs> yes. It's actually called Udnmusikinkilpailo. Exactly that's exactly what I said. Like it's exactly or what or I said. just UMK. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what she won back in 2013. She, she won it outright, easily. Now, the question I have for you is,
0: did she easily win her semi-final? Did she get through? What position did she get through in? See, I would have thought this would have been one that would have died in a semi-final. So mm. I'm I'm going to say maybe it did really well. I'm yeah. going to say maybe came third. No, it was ninth in its semi-final. Ooh. So it only
2: just got through. So if we'd known that was Zolt, we yeah. would know it was not going to do well. But it only just squeaked through. So that's that was a clue. Mm. Was it not? What I want to say about this song and this performance is it's hugely fun. I've got to kind of of get over my, oh, I'm a Eurovision expert, bollocks, and just say (laughs) this was so much fun. And I love it more now than I did at the time. Mm. But I was all about Emily DeForest. Maybe that was part of it. Mm. But I think this is such a drilled performance. It's so cleverly
0: done. It's so over-rehearsed, but still feels fun. Yeah, because there's a moment where she's lifted up onto the backing dancer's shoulders. And that's done flawlessly. And the, there's the, another moment yeah. when they bring out a really long train yeah. and attach it to her head yeah. and then have a moment with a wind machine sort of thing going on it. But here. all
2: of the actions as well, like when she starts doing her strutting on the on the, on the spot, which I love that Yeah, bit. And so much of it, and the, the, the change of costumes, the reveals. Mm-hmm. All which all happens seamlessly yeah. like you don't even realize this i would say this is the most drilled performance since sweet dreams on the perf- bar stools. on the bar stool scene, mm-hmm. never giving up so but that gets
0: extra points for its danger aspect yeah fair i also think it should have a shout out for its use of ding dong so yeah well of course know, that it goes on to the ding dong but hall I of fame with my <laughs>
2: sort of like oh superior attitude that was kind of like oh it's saying ding dong because of Ding a dong was a song that won and it's sort of you know i was kind of like oh come off it but and this was before ya ya ding dong Yeah absolutely but I think I was kind of I was nervous about how the UK was not taking Eurovision seriously and it felt like an example of that to me and how UK people would see it. You were just enjoying it as a pop song. Yeah
0: I was just it's just an absolute slap in the face of joy and queerness yeah and that's perfect yeah. And I think, Certainly. actually, that's more what Eurovision has become. Mm, ahead of its time. Mm, ahead mm-hmm. of its time.
2: Mm-hmm. Just to say that Krista went on to host UMK in more recent years, and she did that for five years after the contest. Cool. So, yeah, she's been hosting the national final. Also, she participated in the Swedish final at Melody Festival with the song Fala in 2016. But she didn't advance from the second semi semi-final after placing fifth.
0: Ooh, so another possible juice award yeah
2: <laughs> she also was in the um, melody festival in 2017 but didn't get past that either so she still got a chance of a comeback i would say
0: absolutely let's yeah. keep our fingers crossed
2: indeed i will just finish off by saying in 2021 krista had her own eurovision show on youtube called krista calling which was a behind the scenes broadcast and she lives in amsterdam now with her dutch boyfriend so all you need to know about Krista Siegfried's. So now we're going to go back 15 years or more, our 1956 to 2007 category. <laughs> That's quite a big chunk. Um, we're going back to 1998 and a song called Hemel and Arda by Edicilia Rumbly performed for... The Netherlands. Oh. Ed Cillia Rombly. It was. What a great name she's got, Ed Cillia Rombly. (laughs) It's got good shapes. (laughs) It has got good shapes. But did the song have
0: good shapes? What did you think
2: of that performance from Birmingham in 1998?
0: Hmm. I thought the vocals were amazing. Yeah. It's quite dated now, I suppose, in a way. Yeah. It's got a bit of a... I want to say like a Mike and the Mechanics vibe to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, that looking back over your shoulder sort of Mm -hmm. bounce. It's got a good bounce to it, hasn't it? But then the backing vocalists have all got... Such a bounce. I swear they've got ants in their pants I know, or it's so funny the way they've got that. they are kind of planted onto the floor, but they're also moving about a
2: lot. And there's that dance move of that arms crossing. I'm doing it. You yeah. can't see this, listeners, but I'm doing the, the crossing move that they do all the way through. This is one of the few that I remember from that year. I think it's a poor Eurovision year. There, I've said it. Yeah, you've got um, Diva from Donna International, which, of course, won. You've got Imani, Where Are You, second place, um, when we used to get second place regularly. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, the the Malta entry from Chiara, the first time she performed. And she was third. So, yeah, it's just one of the ones that I really remember from that year. And I think it's a poor year other than, yeah, these four songs. Mm. So where do you think it placed? Sixth. It was fourth.
0: Oh, okay. Well, you,
2: you you gave me all the clues. I did there, didn't give you all the clues. <laughs> <laughs> it's fourth, and I think it's, other than the time that Netherlands won in 1975 with Ding Dong, I think it's one of their best performances. The only other one, I think it's Common Linnets, which was second, wasn't it? Well, so- and Duncan. Oh. Old, old Dunks. Oh, God. So I'm talking rubbish. So you're talking do, rubbish, mate. That no, again. that's staying in. That's no. staying in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot about Duncan Lawrence. Okay, keep it in. <laughs> you're just getting me back for being rude about Krista Siegfried. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> yes, you're flipping off. <laughs> <laughs> Forgotten all about Duncan. How could I? Anyway, Edcilia Rombly, very, very popular and well-known in the Netherlands. So much so that she was an obvious guest on Drag Race Holland. Mm-hmm. Series one. And... She, of course, what did she do in 2021?
0: I imagine she hosted Eurovision. Yeah, but it was... Sorry, no, 2020, was it? Yeah, 2020 and 2021.
2: Um, Oh, yes, of course it was. She hosted the 2021 when... Because it was still in Rotterdam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I get so confused about the the missing year. I know. But she was meant to do the live the live I think she did the the, yeah, virtual did the celebration bit thing, didn't yeah, she? Yeah. Did, so she we saw a
0: lot yeah, of it. I can I can picture it now and I've made some connections in my head.
2: Good. Well done. <laughs> do you know that she performed in Eurovision on another occasion?
0: No, I did not know this. Yes, in two
2: thousand and seven with a song On Top of the World. I'd like you to play a bit of that in now.
1: On top of the world I'm reaching out. On top of the world.
2: Back in 2007, it was at the stage where they were only doing one semi-final. It was brutal getting through, Mm -hmm. which is why so many of my favourites, 2005, 2006, 2007, are ones that just didn't get through the semi-final because you were 10 out of like 25 songs or more. Yeah. And that year it was 28 songs competing for just 10 places. And unfortunately, she didn't do very well. She was down in 21st place. But there's some really good songs that didn't get through um, Push the Button by t pax for Israel and um, Vertigo by Olivia Lewis All possible semi-final exit options for the future mm. Stay tuned but I know And do you know about that dress? Describe the dress to the listeners that she was wearing
0: Oh, it was just like a gold shimmery dress?
2: Yeah, a gold it? shimmery long shift dress yeah. yeah, And that is in a museum in the Netherlands Of course it is Because ah. it's an important moment in Dutch history
0: <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Eurovision Queens. Why not come and have a conversation with us on Twitter at Euroqueenspod, or if you're on Instagram, We're at Eurovision Queens, where we're uploading lots of very exciting reels. On both of those, there's also a link in our bio to our Spotify playlist for everything that we've played in the show so far. Back to the show. And so we're back from the break. What have we got coming up next? So up next is our UK entry, and we've got Still in Love with You by Electro Velvet, who represented the UK in 2015. (laughs)
1: Oh uh-huh.
4: is
0: just watched the finale performance of still in love with you by electro velvet what did you think well i love this song but it's very much up
2: my strata as they say it's that (laughs) 20s 30s swing band feel it's art deco it's fun it's joyful I love it. And I don't think it's the UK not taking Eurovision seriously, but I just think it's a genre that's never going to do very well at Eurovision.
0: Mm, yeah, it comes across, I guess, a little bit too theatrical. Yeah, maybe. I think maybe if it had been in the 70s
2: or 80s, it would have stormed it and won it, maybe. But I don't think it's the time for that sort of... It wasn't the time for that sort of song. Yeah, I think there are also performance issues. So I think because the dancers are so good, you've got the Charleston, they're flipping around, they're doing loads of stuff. It yeah. only serves to make the two lead singers look a bit static.
0: Yeah. Compared. Yeah, they, they do. Because they're, they're just singing to each other as well, yeah. aren't they? Like they, when they're singing their bits, they face one another and sing it to yeah. themselves. It just misses that connection to everything else. It needs yep. to be more open. Yeah. And yeah, she, as you said, she looks a bit nervous, doesn't she? Yeah, she's just not really doing very
2: much. Neither yeah. of them are doing enough. Like you said, yeah, but I think they would feed off the energy of each other if they were doing more. I think he's really good. I think he's he's really loving it, but he could have been more extravagant. He could have done it even more. You know, if RuPaul was judging this, they, you know, just you know, embody the character more. Yeah, and um, he does that jungle book sort of scat sort of bit which was really cool yeah i think it was really promising and had all the elements but somehow
0: it doesn't just all come together it felt a bit labored somehow especially with the light reveal as well because obviously they wouldn't have been in the semi so that would have been a nice surprise on the night yeah exactly yeah i think it's a very strong song i
2: mean when you think of uk entries they can be terrible sometimes it's really one of the better ones i would say
0: I feel like I can vaguely recall this when, when it was announced and everyone kind of instantly dismissed it. Yeah. Like, it's one of those where the country weren't behind it at all, were Absolutely
2: they? not. You're dead right. And that was kind of annoying. Let me tell you a bit more about Electro Velvet. Electro Velvet consists of Alex Lark and Bianca Nicholas. And they finished what place in the final? Oh, 20th. 24th. Ooh. Yes. I think it wasn't out of 24, but it was certainly (laughs) not good. The really horrible thing about Bianca Nicholas is she actually suffers from cystic fibrosis, which is just a horrible, horrible disease. I've had friends who've died of it. And it's just the fact that she's got that such a good singing voice is amazing because it's all about your throat and your vocal cords and getting stuff off your lungs. And so it's like I can't see how she could have even managed to be a singer. But that's just amazing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they were going to have more of a career, but then she declined into worse ill health. Oh. So they weren't able to um, to do more together. But um, yeah, they were planning to build on their, their Eurovision moment, but didn't really get the chance to. They did have a single in 2018 called Take Me Home. But um, since then, they haven't done more that I'm aware of. I'd love to think they are still singing performing because I think they're both talented but maybe the Eurovision stage overwhelmed them a little
3: mm.
0: yeah. Eurovision back then they probably do a lot better now uh, Yeah. so that was our UK entry slot what have we got next what's our next category Ryan so next up is our semi-final exit and we've got congratulations by Sylvia Knight who represented Iceland in 2006 oh.
2: was sylvia knight with congratulations what did you
0: think that was a tough watch
2: yeah because of all the booing you mean yeah yeah i mean what was going on there was that the eurovision audience in whatever country it was in don't remember was booing her thinking she was sylvia knight but sylvia knight is a character created by augusta eva erlens dotier as a comedy turn and in iceland she was originally hated as well Until they understood that it was a character and then they loved her. And I think that's kind of what's happened with Eurovision now. And fans of Eurovision who go back that far understand that she was giving a great, wonderful, over the top performance and was deliberately trying to be hated. Right, okay. But it worked
0: too well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Perhaps one of the most controversial participants of all time. Now, some of the things she did and said behind the scenes at that Eurovision are just. I remember now that she said some terrible things. She said a particularly terrible thing about Carola.
0: Right. But
2: we're going to hear that. I'm going to show you a clip of behind the scenes of Sylvia Knight at the 2006 contest. Okay. This is on the Greek news.
1: You you vote some ugly people from Finland that don't even have a real makeup artist. And you say and you don't vote me because I'm not, you know, I'm not a slut from Holland and I'm not a ugly fucking old bitch from Sweden. And
5: oh, oh, this is not good. Why are you saying? Fuck
1: you! I am and I am that's more beautiful than all of the other fucking Eurotrash nations. They have, I know it, and somebody has been. Oh, no. Somebody has been telling lies about me, and I think it is you. Me? Yes, your television station, you you are telling everybody that I hated no, Greece no, no, and no, I said they were ugly, one. and no. I never said it and you are a slot and I hate you. No, I, will, I will show you and I will show the competition and you will all go to jail.
2: So we've just watched an Athens T V report about Sylvia Knight's behaviour behind the scenes, but what the Greek news station and anyone who still doesn't know, that was all completely performance. Mm. And she was paying. She paid people, like, to be a fake journalist. Right, Okay, So she could swear at. and The problem, I think, is is that she she does say something pretty terrible about Corolla, you know, (laughs) an effing ugly (laughs) sweet Mm. bee or whatever it is. So... I think the problem is she kind of goes too far, but she's kind of like an Icelandic female version of Dennis Penis. Do you remember Dennis Pennis? Yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah. It's that sort of vibe. She's deliberately wanting to shock. And it's the irony of, like, uh, a male character can get away with that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, it's absolutely holding the looking glass up to sexism. Totally. And everyone completely falling into the trap of it. Yeah. And missing the point yeah. completely. Yeah. So. I think the other thing that's really interesting about this is that she's putting on a drag performance. Yeah. Completely. Like this is a woman doing drag. Mm. And like now, if you were to study it, you'd be like, oh, my God, this is bonkers because it's so it's so camp and it's so theatrical and it's got so many elements it's got reveals it's got stunts it's got gags it's got all of that it's very much like a talent competition entry on RuPaul yeah you know if someone came in and did half of this stuff People would be screaming.
2: I mean, even down to like having the giant high heel slide that she's Yeah. Down and the shower with the, the tinsel coming out of it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the slutty Marie Antoinette drag particularly. It was that sort of vibe, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, the, the dancers, when they pulled their trousers off and they were wearing sparkly pants and um, then they did that stupid holding your foot dance. I know, yeah. I don't remember what that's called, but very much of the time. Yeah, it's, it's an odd one to, to look back at it to see that people were not understanding. But I suppose if you've just got one song, one one performance, and then you move on to the next one quickly, maybe there's not the context or the understanding to know. I remember at the time that that I loved it because I kind of got it you were in on the joke I was in on the joke yeah but you kind of needed to know the song beforehand to know that it was controversial she was deliberately telling journalists to f off yeah yeah I mean the obvious thing in the in the clip um that we just watched is that she called the finish entry um effing ugly well it was the it was Lordie. it was the the monsters rocking you know so it was right like, so that was obviously a joke yeah because it's not really how they look so yeah you know if you only have to look slightly to realize she's making a joke yeah yeah So what happened to the character afterwards? After the contest, her album, Goldmine, um, did very well in Iceland. It it topped the charts there. But I think the character has been retired since. Misunderstood the joke. Mm. And just what you were saying, a woman should be able to be controversial and... And
0: say a few a bit, and you know it doesn't have to be so bad just because she's a woman. Mm. I think it was also like nastier times then, because at the moment we're all about love and uh, positivity and things like that. So you know it's it's all about kindness. Whereas back then it was quite an ugly time to be in music, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was normal, but when when someone holds a mirror up to it like that, it's instantly poo-pooed and booed, and yeah. Also, the clip we
2: saw was from the semi-final, and they deliberately had the crowd's booing reaction for longer. They didn't mm. cut it, did they, and move to the next song? I don't know whether it's because they had set it for the next act, but that seemed a bit odd as well, that they were deliberately focusing on the, the booing yeah. particularly. So what position did it come in the semi-final? How close was she to making it to the final and upsetting everyone all over again?
0: I actually saw it on your screen. Oh, you did? You saw it was 13th? So she wasn't far off. So it could have got through.
2: Yeah, very close to getting through. I just wish she'd had the chance to say what she was originally going to say, what she said in the rehearsal, which was, um, I'm going to fucking win. (laughs) But she said, I'm going to freaking win in the semi-final there.
0: But the, the thing that I will say is like, when a bunch of guys come out and sing a song called... We are the winners or yeah. whatever. They're applauded. Everyone is Loses cracking, their minds. yeah, for it. And whereas a woman does the exact same thing, and instantly it's like, oh no, you can't be like that. Oh no, we don't like this. Boo. Sexism, anyone? Hmm. Yes.
2: I, you just got to love someone who calls up God during their Eurovision song, haven't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so now it's time for our juice award.
5: I need you.
0: To go to, to need Eurovision. You.
2: So who have we got?
0: We've got Interstellar by Stig Rasta, who could have represented Estonia in 2022.
2: So that was Stu Grasso
0: with the song Interstellar. What did you think? Well, I liked that. It's got a nice progression, you know, yeah, good, a good chorus verse and bridge. It's just a solid pop song, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And actually the performance was really good as well. It had a really weird trick in it. Yeah, it's worth checking it out on YouTube because he kind of leans back quite he a lot. He does this bullet time thing. Yeah, that's it.
2: But on one leg and he's all the way back. We don't know how he did it. Some sort of trick on the stage, some sort mm. of stuff going on on the stage which we we can't understand
0: yeah i'm gonna assume that it's maybe some sort of you know like michael jackson was it billy jean Mm. the one when he leans forward yeah he's got um nails in the in the stage that he slips his shoes into Ah, so i think maybe there must be something that he because he's walking around Mm. freely and then he locks in somehow so i think it must be something like that yeah
2: so, if you recognise Stig Rasta, he was one half of the song Goodbye to Yesterday. He performed with Elena Bourne in 2015 and came seventh in the grand final of Eurovision. Wow. So, he's no stranger to... A Eurovision stage? No. Um, we should also say, though, that even though we have got this in the Juice Award slot, this was the year that... Stefan,
0: with y- Hope. Yeah. So, we would, yeah. we're still pleased he went, aren't we? Absolutely. But... Are award is sort of evolving to, like, when the first one was like, they that shall not be named should never have gone to Eurovision? Yeah. This is... Some of them are a bit more like, well, we know and love the ones that were there, but also the ones that were just behind them were really good too. Yeah, exactly.
2: Now, without looking at my computer,
0: Mm -hmm. how old is Stigraster? Rasta? Oh, he's probably... I think he's older than he looks. I think he's got quite a young face. Yes. So I think he might be 29. He's 43. Whoa! Yeah, exactly. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) That's bonkers. (laughs) I
2: know because we saw that performance. That was last year.
0: 42. Wow. Yeah, he's doing well, isn't he? I love what he's having. Yeah. (laughs) There was an episode of Erie, Indiana, which you mm -hmm. will never have heard of. I've heard of Erie, Indiana. Yeah. Okay. But they had these twins that were like, that would sleep in Tupperware boxes. <laughs> and they were like 50, but they looked 12. So oh God. I reckon he must sleep in a Tupperware box. Yeah, <laughs> in the vibes. He did perform in Estee Lauder on lots
2: of other times. Um, 2018, notably with the song Home, which um, was second. With Interstellar, he actually was ninth. Ow. So yeah, it didn't do as well as it should have done, I don't think. Um, however, he also wrote co-wrote the song storm by victor kroner we all know victor kroner because he was in melfest this year wasn't he and lots of other swedish eurovision things that was when victor kroner represented estonia at eurovision in 2019 and also victor kroner wrote interstellar with Stig. oh gosh it all links up so they must be quite um the good mates yeah excellent like it so i don't remember storm but that placed 20th in the final. So it didn't do as well as Goodbye to Yesterday. But Goodbye yes to Yesterday is a classic, isn't it? Mm. What a good juice award. And it kind of brought stuff out that, I forgot, that I'd forgotten or didn't know about Steve Glaster. Yeah. A Eurovision professional, I feel. And a vampire, clearly. Clearly. <laughs> we have come to our final category. What is it? It is the randomizer. <laughs> so, what do you think the randomizer has for us this time?
0: what I think or what I hope are two very different things. Yes, it's what you think it's going to be. Let's go for something in the 90s.
2: Okay. I'm going to go for 71. I don't know why.
0: 1980. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) This is not going to be pretty. This is not going to be pretty. Uh... This
2: is not going to be pretty. (laughs) Right. So there are 19 songs. And we've already had Theatre by Catchy Epstein. And we are never going to have johnny logan with what's another year because i can't abide him we saw him briefly on the voice didn't we when he oh, was oh no
0: it wasn't the voice it was the mask. oh the mass singer.
2: singer and he was only on for two seconds taking his flipping mask off a mass singer belgium or netherlands anyway and even in that time he managed to correct the host saying oh i didn't just win eurovision twice <laughs> with singing actually i think you'll find that i also wrote twice two winners it's like flip off johnny
0: Logan. You absolute flipping the, twonk. The definition of small dick energy. Honestly you just know he's got three Ferraris in the garage and can't get I'm it I'm not up. saying anything more than that but <laughs>
2: <laughs> hate him. Anyway so between 1 and 19 I'm pressing the button now number 9 and that is Paula with Cinema representing Switzerland. Let's give this a whirl. Oh.
1: Toute petite, quelquefois il me prenait par la main et heureuse à petit pas je marchais par les chemins vers la ville en mille lumières aux côtés de mon papa vers le monde d'extraordinaire et magique du cinéma Peter Pan c'était le plus grand pour tous les petits enfants et Mickey était si gai quand il chantait dans les prés Alice au pays des mers. C'était bien Mm-hmm.
2: So that was
0: Paula with cinema. It definitely was. <laughs> what do you think of that? Um, yeah, I don't know. She was great, and she was loving it. Yeah. Her backing singers seemed like they were doing community service oh, yeah, or didn't some want to be sort there, of. Didn't
2: they? One of them had their arms folded. Another one looked like, am I? Where am I meant to be looking? Yeah. And the other one looked just like someone's mum who just come out with the wrong lift or something. <laughs> yeah, they did not want to be there. Yeah. I feel like they really heard the performance. Yeah, they did, didn't they? She's loving it. She's really enjoying herself. Yeah. Um, I would say this is the age of Eurovision where they chose a word that was the song title, which they kept repeating, to make sure, because they were singing in a foreign language, that people would have a hook that they would understand.
0: Oh, okay. So in
2: this same year, you've got Katja Epstein singing theatre. This is a song about cinema. You've also got um, Papa Penguin um, from Luxembourg, <laughs> a famous, terrible song. Um, you've got Maggie McNeil of Mouth & McNeil for the Netherlands singing Amsterdam. So it's, it's this deliberate thing of trying to get around the, the foreign language issue yeah. and having something that's identifiable. And, yeah, it's just of the time to do that. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of songs like that that do really well. And it's interesting that this came fourth, theatre came second, and Amsterdam came fifth.
0: Oh, okay, so, so it, so it does work. Yeah, yeah, Exactly,
2: yeah. And the the and the song that came third was the one that was in English, Love Enough for Two. So, hmm. all, and the winner was flipping Johnny Logan. But that shows every single, the top five, all hmm. had English titles. Hmm. So it was a definite plus point. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be interesting to find out what the lyrics are, because you heard a few lines in there, like Fred Astaire and, and others. So I'm just going to do some of that for you, for your enjoyment. Are you pleased about this? Another dramatic reading, yes, please. Like a star, he wakes up and a fairy tale full of music. Are you just a child too? From the big dream factory. Since the pictures learn to walk, the world is chasing you. And in the shine of your stars and the sea of stars fades away. Cinema, cinema. I mean, this, it's quite bad. Poor today and rich tomorrow. Another easy rider yesterday. Between freedom and danger. Cinema, cinema. And soon to be a superstar, if you want. Cinema, Dance Fred Astaire, again, Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton. I mean, it's just <laughs> deliberately just putting in words that you would know, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's it's fun, though. It's yeah. not one I would take off the playlist. No. No. It's mm-hmm. fun, old-style Eurovision.
0: Yeah, there's definitely worse out there. Absolutely, absolutely. Is that the best we can say about it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, let me tell you about Paola. Paola del Medico born in 1950 as a Swiss singer. And she represented Switzerland in 1969 at Eurovision as well with the song Bonjour, Bonjour, finishing in fifth. But she did one better this time. and um, It wasn't her first rodeo in 1980 when she finished fourth. She was in contention to represent Germany in 1982 with the song Peter Pan. <laughs> she likes her English song titles. But she finished second in the national finals, so she didn't achieve that. No. Hmm. So another possible juice award. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I don't know anything else about her other than to say that she has an Italian father and a Swiss mother. But that's enough, I feel. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Paola, for your song. Thank you indeed. And, and thank you to the randomizer. for giving us this gift. Yep. Yeah. So we haven't come up with the theme for the episode yet. I was thinking. Go on. Performance, performance, performance. Ooh! Because everyone has really given drilled, rehearsed, practice performances, and mm-hmm. they've given it a lot. And there's been routines. There's been there's been
0: moments. singing circles. Yes. Bit of everything. There
2: giant yeah. high heels that you, which you've slid high down. High heel slides. Yeah. Yes. Um, wedding dresses. Yeah. Performance, performance, performance.
0: Okay. So, what was your favourite song of the episode? Mm, Mine's a toss-up between Soldad, Soldad and Marry Me. Yeah. I think I'm going to go Soldad, Soldad.
2: Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? There's been so much good stuff. Um, but I'm going to agree with you. I Ooh. think it just has an atmosphere, a surprisingly good Portuguese It poetry. sort
0: of wraps you up and gives it you does, a big cuddle. It does,
2: it does. And yeah. you're there with your your iPhone torch. <laughs>
0: enjoying every minute
2: yeah i agree good so i hope you enjoyed this episode all that remains to be done is to give you our socials why don't you connect with us on twitter at euro queens pod on instagram we're
0: eurovision queens on the old email eurovision queens at gmail.com and on twitter and instagram we've got links to the spotify playlist in our bio yeah it's so many good songs honestly i put it on all the time really really good so, it's ding-dong from me. And of. it's congratulations from me. Okay. Au revoir. Ooh. Um. <laughs> salut. <laughs> salut, goodbye. I think it's hello, goodbye. Let's just say it is. Okay. <laughs>
4: You've been listening to Eurovision Queens. If you enjoyed the episode, I know that Andy and Ryan would love to hear from you on email, Twitter or Instagram. Better still, why not leave them a review on Apple Podcasts so that other Eurovision fans can find them.